Good morning, Dale, man. You're listening to Ed and Matt on campus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ed and Matt on Campus. I am, of course, your host, Eddie, the Axe Jefferson, and joining me, as always, the madman, Matt Anderson. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I just realized that a lesser show would cut that theme song after he says tissue. That felt that feels like a natural spot. So I really like this, yeah. pro, the prolonged theme that just really invites people in. Hmm. Hey, and then speaking of inviting people in, Matt, this week we have a new guy. We invited the tramp hire. We, we, did, we did, in fact, invent the tramp hire himself. Folks, uh, anybody who's listened to the Blood of Its Horror show for a while or listened to, you know, one of our sister podcasts, like, say, The Grind Bin, uh, I think even Mustachioed Podcastio, Terry? That is correct, should, yeah. Should probably be familiar with our guest here, uh, <laughs> Terry. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> the guest. Hey, I forgot his How's name for a split second. No, I don't remember his fucking name, Matt. You <laughs> son of a bitch. I was trying to figure out a good honorific or a way to tie you into one of the characters. I guess Scary Terry. We could give you like you could be one of the members of Kiss My Ass or something. Probably, yeah. I really identified with the guy. Yeah, with Matt. <laughs> yeah, Matt's pretty sweet in there. So, speaking of Matt's buddy, Matt, how you been, man? Oh, I've been good. I've been good. It's um, we finally have real winter, as I think I might have even said last week. So I might be repeating myself, but we've it's had fine. crazy amounts of snow, <laughs> stupidly cold temperatures. So, um, mm. I've not really left my i I left my house. I've left my house once in the past five days. So, you know, I'm close to cabin fevery, uh, not not the fleshy, okay. but uh, just the... Uh, <laughs> no, the crapping and mason jars part, right? Well, that yeah. was kind of before. I don't have a, I don't have a bathroom here in my office area, and I don't mm. always want to walk upstairs. Gotcha. So I keep the, the empty Gatorade bottle on hand pretty frequently. Um, gotcha. But yeah, otherwise gotcha. good. Um, it's been a weird week because the Mighty Peculiar came back and there was actually people like happy that it was back. And that's weird because I'm used to like people being happy when things I do are over. Uh, mm. So asking for it to come back is is weird. And um, so, yes. How about you? Eddie? How have you been? I don't ever ask Doing you that question. You don't? I don't think so. Do uh, you know what? I think everybody just assumes I'm fine. And you know what? They're right. So, Terry, oh. <laughs> what's what's the weirdest thing you've ever crapped in? I was just thinking about crapping in mason jars. So. Uh, what's, uh, I mean, there's, 
I got to say, um, the locations where I crap have been pretty consistent. I'm glad to say. Okay. Never really been. Uh, nah, I don't think I've ever crapped in any unusual You're not places. Not like an adventurous pooper is what people want to mm. say. Nah. No, it's still on my yeah. bucket list. Yeah, I'm with I you, Terry. Fi- Me too. I just got to find the right place. Your, bu- <laughs> your, yeah. your bucket list is a list of buckets that you want to crap in before <laughs> yes. you die. <laughs> High on the list is Mr. Bucket. Oh. Actually. I, mean, I, I do actually you know what? have a Mr. Bucket in this room with me somewhere. You know, I'm not surprised. <laughs> High on my... High on my list is Buckethead because he thought he could replace Slash. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm, okay. okay. That's a so you weird Guns and Roses joke for a guy that and... toured with the band and I don't think ended up on any recordings. Maybe no, he's one but... of the, maybe on like two Chinese democracy songs. Buckethead's mm. one of those guys like he doesn't really do recordings. He's just like a vagabond like touring guitarist, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I've brought yeah. up before. I caught him. Um... It was a KUFO. was a radio station up in Portland, Oregon. I caught Buckethead. Uh, he was he he was performing at one of their rock fest things that they did, and he was up there actually performing with Primus, which was pretty sweet. Okay, so. oh, nice. Is he from that band or is he just toured no. with that band? He just toured with them because he, he, I... he has his own solo albums and stuff that he does. So because hmm. if push came to shove, if I had, like say like where do I think Buckethead came from? It would be Primus, mm-hmm. at least at least in terms of like the era that just seems right to me. Yeah. And, you know, Primus gets all the, you know, it's like Les Claypool that gets all of the attention. So, you yeah. know, yeah. so I would have no idea actually who pr- the guitarist for Primus is. I mean, you could tell mm-hmm. me it was Wes Borland and I would be like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I feel like either Wes Borland or Buckethead, like one of them needed to die. They might be know? the same person in all honesty. It's fair. Fair. Yeah. Do we ever know I what Buckethead looks like without the bucket? That's true. And I've never seen them both in the same place at the same time. <laughs> and me either. So that's a very good point. I'd love to so see Terry, KFC, but... though. Yeah. I think I'd rather see them at Popeye's. <gasps> oh. Yeah. I think they'd, they'd get pissed. Yeah. Although Popeye's doesn't go with buckets, do yeah, they? See, they go with boxes. Yeah. I'd like to see I an irate Buckethead at Popeye's demanding a bucket. A bucket. All right, we got it. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? And they're like, no. (laughs) So, Terry, I got to ask you, buddy. What is your history with the movie Dead Man on Campus? Have you seen it before? I had not. I honestly never even heard of it before this show came along. Mm. So, okay. described. (laughs) We expanded the audience of this movie. By one. (laughs) Hey, look, it only takes one. Yeah. Yep. And then I think it was a couple of weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, where I think, like, Matt, you referenced something that I mentioned on Twitter. And I was just like, oh, well, shit. Well, if I've been mentioned by name on the podcast, mm. then I have to be on. I have yeah. to watch this movie. You see my tactics. It's sort of like Candyman. <laughs> if you just mention their name, they manifest. Okay, so yeah. so then this is your first viewing experience for Dead Man on Campus, then. It was, yeah. Okay, okay. So what are your thoughts initially, just out the gate? You know what? I did kind of enjoy it. I mean, I wasn't, like, crazy okay. about it, but Ooh. it did get some laughs out of me. I could kind of see, uh, <laughs> I could kind of see, like, the weird appeal that it might have for you guys. Mm. No, for, I think it was actually, honestly, just kind of a random movie that I picked. I don't, yeah. I don't know that there was a specific that's appeal right, right. by I, this movie. I definitely okay. have no, like, deep-rooted autobiographical issues 
tied to this <laughs> yeah. movie. Just not at yeah, all. Matt, Matt hasn't been learning about himself through watching this movie and recording a <laughs> this podcast. This has not been like my own version of like, I want to call it the gift, but that's not it. The secret. Mm, this, this isn't is... Matt's rosebud by any <laughs> chance. Well, it is now. You think, Matt, you think that'll happen when you're dying and your brain's kind of slipping out and you barely recognize your loved ones that you're going to like just, just start uttering nonsense about movies? I'm just going to go, Dale, man. Dale, man. <laughs> Where the fuck is Dale? Like, oh, what is that? Speaking is... of which, I got some new info on where the fuck Dale, man is. Uh oh! I like. I know. This. I know. So I've 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 had the, I've had some revelations on this watch. Ooh. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna start out with an easy one, real quickly. Uh, you know what? Actually, first let's do this, Matt. What was your viewing experience this week? Okay, I'll say that. Well, but I do have a couple of follow up questions for Terry about his viewing. Oh, sure. All right. So, it. um, if the, if it pleases the court, Eddie. Uh, I will interject here. So, okay. Okay. You see that MTV films logo come up. Do you get mm. a rush of like not knowing what it was or why it looked like that? <laughs> Cause again, for people at Eddie and I's age, like mm-hmm. that dinosaurs, that, that logo, like wasn't long lived, but it, it definitely evokes like, okay, this is MTV. This is like prime, like probably Carson Daly time, actually. I think we're I think we're full in like TRL has yeah, begun. Yeah. yeah. Does like the astronaut like does that MTV logo do anything for you? I will be totally honest. I have like very minor uh, association with it. I have like very like hazy memories of like whenever my brother's friends would come over and they'd be watching MTV and they'd be playing an MTV movie. Yeah. And, like, because they were older and it was just like, oh, I want to, like, hang out with you guys and, like, watch whatever inappropriate thing that you're watching. And I can't remember what specifically the movies were, but I remember at least a couple of times as a kid, you know, watching something like seeing. (laughs) Jesus. I hope not. Do you remember that, Eddie? (laughs) No, I don't. The TV movie back in, like, it was like 2003, MTV tried to get back in the game and they made a movie called Jailbait about, like, a guy who, like, bangs, like, an underage girl. Holy shit, Jesus. no. And it was like for MTV. So it was like the <laughs> super inappropriate content, but like they couldn't go. It's like they couldn't, they wanted to be like American Pie and like push the envelope, but they were still just yeah. MTV. So it's like, what could they they do? I know Phoenix TX, infamous, like amazing, <laughs> hilarious punk band had like their hit single tied to that, uh, which I'm stretching maybe my descriptions of the impact that Phoenix TX had on pop culture. But, yeah, maybe. Man. Yeah, Eddie, well, just that Google Jailbait and tell me what comes up. Yeah, yeah, I've been Googling Jailbait, and let me tell you. I was just about to say, that is a I might movie have that to I'm take a break. kind of curious about, but I do not want that in my search history, so I, will just, I guess I'll just I'll never know. I'll look it up, you chickens. So I'm, I'm, no, I'm on the Wikipedia for MTV movies, and I see Jailbait that came out in the year 2000, apparently. Oh, was that, was that okay. long ago? Okay. Yeah. That would make sense. I think that's about the time that pop punk was kind of cresting, and it's like, you know, the Blink-182, Enemy of the State. All, like it was kind of oh, where like that yeah. was taken over. Some forty one was like just starting. I believe all of these mm. bands are on the soundtrack and were all prominently the, the featured. Jailbait. 
How fit. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, apparently they've also got a movie that's that's upcoming, an MTV movie. And really? okay, so they've hmm. yeah, apparently they've been involved in they've done like that Teen Wolf the movie. Oh, and the show that yeah. came uh, out. Yeah, then yeah. then uh, Millie Vanilli. There was some biography or something. This is all streaming, by the way. Then you've got all the South Park movies, I guess, or Comedy Central, which is associated yeah, with Vi- it. Right? It's all through Viacom. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Then you, I you, about get, that. you get to upcoming films, and it says uh, Paramount Plus, and the title of the movie is Gay Kid and Fat Chick. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I'm glad to see that oh, they just, they're just still themselves, man. Like, oh my God. That's Can, amazing. Can what I, do you think it's about? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know like what? We'll put a, a pin in that. Okay. Um, it, so just so you know, the director of Jailbait um, mm. did direct um, Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater. Oh, okay. Empire Records, which is um, terrible, but people like love to like mm-hmm. fondly remember it. Yeah. yeah. After Jailbait, he did go on to direct the TV movie Man in the Mirror, the Michael Jackson story, Hmm. which is something. Uh. But he also did uh, something called Exhibit A, Secrets of Forensic Science, which seems like another thing that maybe the movie Jailbait gave him some use for. But the plot, (laughs) just for the sake of it. Of Jailbait. Is a high school athlete faces statutory rape charges after consensual sex with a sixteen-year-old, and then hilarity ensues. No, that I added that last part. Okay, but, yeah, I was just about to say. Yes, what kind of- featured songs are at Dumpweed, which was a Blink One Eight Two yes. song, "All My Fault," mm-hmm. which is uh, the Phoenix TX song, uh, and a bunch of others. So they are totally. This is another one of those situations where. It's like the soundtrack is sell. They're selling the soundtrack harder than they sell the movie. But yeah, well, anyways. they are MTV, right? That's true. Music hey, Matt TV. Frewer was in it. Matt Frewer, wow, that's... probably is the dad, not the high school athlete, because that would be a problem. That would be, <laughs> be pretty more funny. problematic yeah. on top of a problematic. <laughs> so, see, I'm just, I'm really interested in gay kid and fat chick. I'm trying to figure out anything I can about this. It's oh, like okay. a murder it's, mystery. Apparently, it's a uh, Bo Burnham, oh. uh, comedian, is making a teen dramedy called Fat, "Gay Kid and Fat Chick." So it'll probably be like a weird mediation on like depression with like frat humor, right? Isn't that was, kind I of Bo Burnham? I, maybe I. Hmm. Maybe I it's hear... like a Freaky Friday where like a gay kid and a fat chick both <laughs> grab a donut or something, and then they get swapped <laughs> bodies. I was thinking they peeing in the same fountain. When are we going to get like the male, uh, female yeah. version of peeing in the same fountain? Because that's an interesting story to even get started. Like mm. you can go all uphill from there. Like I get two yeah. guys peeing in the same fountain. That just seems like normal. Yeah. yeah. And the chick's just squatting in the fountain while the gay kids. Peeing. But she's got to be, there's got to be, the reason's got to be that she's fat is why she's peeing in the fountain for of some course. reason. <laughs> Well, it's, the, it's her reason for everything. Don't you know? Right, that's what defines. she's the fat chick. Right. right. That's. I mean, that's her character name, so it makes sense to me. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, the note that I have here, the first one, I'm going to start it off with a light, frothy one, and that is when Josh is uh, uh, baby birding Cooper water 
uh, because yes. of his hangover. They open up the uh, little mini bar thing, and he pulls out a bottle of Aqua Java, right? Which I thought was just like a prop Hollywood fake brand thing. Yeah. But then it struck me that earlier you see the Heinekens that they're drinking. They're labeled. They're not like covered or you know how they'll tape over shit so it doesn't say the name brand. Yeah. So maybe there was product placement. I don't know. It turns out Aqua Java was a real water brand back in 1997 that was caffeinated water. That, yes, I did. I think I did Yikes. know that. Because I wow. remember okay. for a while they were pushing like the caf- like caffeine everything, right? So, yeah, they would mm-hmm. do the caffeinated water, which always sounded terrible. It sounds like a bad yeah. idea. It really does. Uh, the next note uh, I just wanted to address here because I, I teased it briefly. We were talking about uh, the location of Daleman. Yes, and uh, just just to get this one out of the way, while they uh, are stopping to ask the police officer for directions, um, he he Cliff says, you know, uh, hey, you know, Josh, could you ask that officer where I ninety five is? Right, right. So clearly they're close to I ninety five. Now the problem is that I ninety five passes through fifteen states. <laughs> so, and how many are little- we up to? How many states are we yes. up to? I think, well, we're, we're around 48-ish, 49. Okay. So that does right? narrow it down. It does. So I'll list off the states for you real quick, okay? All, all, all 50? Oh, wait, I just gave away no, my all joke. No, 15. So you got Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine. Okay. So Daleman is in, in or adjacent to one of those states. It's an entirely East Coast interstate. Well, we got a Pennsylvania kid here. So do you think Daleman mm. fits Pennsylvania? Huh. I really don't know. I'm gonna t- take that as a no. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll have to give it some more. No problem. <laughs> okay. So you know, we're I'm thinking ask you- like this place looks like home. When you watch the movie, is what you're saying. Yeah, it didn't feel too too familiar to you, Daleman University, really. Cliff. It didn't no? feel like Steel Nation to me. Yeah, mm, yeah. See, I, I still say I, we're in the right neighborhood, right? Was, that? was Zeke like? Isn't that was what's the jer- knockoff jersey he's wearing? That's the Steelers, right? Yeah, it looks like a Steelers jersey. The, the, the with the black oh. and yellow. I didn't even notice that. So, mm. well, but you know, yes, what? you should probably watch it another like nineteen or twenty times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Was there a sports ball jersey there? <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> it took. I mean, Eddie had to point that out to me. I'm like, I think he was wearing a jersey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, you know, what this does line up. Like, this is the region that we had always been kind of. Yes. When we've dropped this, uh, this little bit. bit for a while but now that you've got new evidence mm-hmm. um we had always been kind of in that like northeast probably because of like they are wearing like winter coat or you know heavier coats at times and josh has got those sweaters which i'm kind of wearing the josh ish josh ish sweater mm. <laughs> um although that the place the bar being called the peach um lucky peach. Like, lucky yeah. peach also gave me yep. georgia vibes just because of you know Butts. Well, no, we figured that out though. That's the Chinese goddess. 
I I know you've broken my brain with that one because I see that stupid peach tree everywhere. References to mm-hmm. that peach tree. Like it's haunting me. You gave me mm-hmm. an it follows and it's a peach tree. <laughs> well, but it's a Chinese goddess that grants you immortality. Yeah, but I don't want you just that. Have to, you don't you don't want immortality, Matt? No. I'm, what about I'm, you, Terry? I'm not comfortable with mortality either. So like I I, I... Mm. So, Terry, if I had the power to give you immortality, and I'm not saying I don't, but if I did, would you take that gift of immortality? I feel like I would get bored. Yeah, see? That's always the conundrum. Because if I... If I lived like forever, then I would just get to mm-hmm. witness like, you know, the planets like climate just changing in all these crazy ways and watching just everything go extinct. And I'm just like, this is kind of bumming me out. Yeah. And what kind of immortality is it? Like, are we talking like, like, do you still feel pain? Like, do yeah. you age? Is there like a weird cutoff? Like you will get older, but not that much older. Because like if it's immortality yeah. where like you still feel like pain and stuff that's that sucks because then you're just living longer and just there's more chances that you're gonna hurt yourself or you know i don't like that this conversation Mm. just reminded me of this time when i was a freshman in high school and i i just met like one of my best friends there ralph and uh, he and i both liked movies so we started talking about like hey we should like you know write our own movies but like we had very Mm -hmm. different ideas of what we wanted to write yeah. Uh, so this one day, like Ralph comes in, and we're just like two like really dumb fourteen year olds like trying to be like fake deep. He's like, "Terry, I got oh, this yeah. idea. I got this idea for a movie. It's about a guy who wishes for immortality, and he gets it. But then he keeps living and living and just watching all of his loved ones die around him. And then at the end of the movie, he kills himself." And my only response was just like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Hey, you know what we should do? We should add in a couple of bumbling cops like in Last House on the Left. Oh, and he was like, no, yes. no. No, that's a terrible you need idea. Keystone cops. You need them. Did you ever ask yeah. him, so how does the guy with immortality kill himself? Did that come up in your discussions? Or I got so bored with yeah. it that I immediately changed the subject. I was like, okay, let's talk about Pokemon now. Yeah. See, you you got too bored just having a conversation about immortality, let right. alone being immortal. So yeah, yeah I, I get you. I get you. Yeah, I, I, it feels like a, it definitely feels like a trap kind of thing where yeah. you're like, no, no, like I can't even get through the like, like you explaining to me how immortality works, and I like roll my eyes and like stare off in the distance is probably showing that I am not a prime candidate to be given immortality. No, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it doesn't work too well because the only people in the movie that are immortals are the townies in the bar. So Yeah. And none of them seem like they're happy. No, no. No. You're kind of frozen in misery. Frozen in misery. Was that the name of the movie you guys were gonna write with you with your buddy Ralph? Frozen (laughs) in misery? Frozen. Very good. Frozen in misery. That sounds like (laughs) that sounds like a song title that he would come up with for his band. Mm. It is my um, new metal band's album. Just so you know, new metal mm. reference. Going to mute because my dog's barking. Nah, that's fine, Matt. So, Terry, one of the Did things I like to do is I, I like to ask our uh, our guests, or Matt specifically, because he's usually the yeah. guest. Uh, oh, what I'm their, the guest? Yeah, what their viewing experience was I love like. co-guesting the show. <laughs> So, uh, Matt, I'm going to go to you first, buddy. What was your viewing experience like this week? Uh, my viewing experience this week um, 
was again another kind of okay. So I just gotten done um, shoveling the driveway and cursing mm. my existence and cursing the snow and everything like that. Yeah, so, I was gonna say for the listeners who were shoveling snow. So I mean, yeah, yes. <laughs> And other thing. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, once you start just shoveling, you don't stop. That's a good point. You know? Like, you just keep going. Like, but mm-hmm. anyways, yes, I was shoveling. Like, it, we just, like I said, got a stupid amount of snow. It was the stupid, wet, heavy snow. So, I went out and did that. And then I was completely, like, I was just wiped out. And I then chose, in that moment, I'm like, this is the perfect time to sit and watch the movie. And I like that I keep doing this. I strategically watch the, the movie after having to do having had done something very unpleasant, and that keeps mm. this movie a very pleasant experience. Again, it's the <laughs> getting kicked in the balls repeatedly, yes. then getting kicked in the head and going, well, this feels better than getting kicked in the balls. Okay. Well, that's my viewing. That's my that's my goal in, in, in watching uh, what we are in uh, week 21. 21. Yeah. All right. That's true. Um, well, but we did watch it twice. Yes. But we skipped a week. And I guess we no, I got to subtract. I guess yeah, technically it'll be. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the 20s. We'll put it that way. Yeah. yeah. So. OK. You know, it's, it's this is starting to feel you, like a long term relationship. And, you know, you're just trying to find those okay. ways to keeping it spicing it up, keeping yeah. it exciting. So uh, do you think your your punishments to yourself are going to have to keep escalating? Is See, it going to become like a Hellraiser that's situation? What I worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Like at a certain point, like life is not going to just dole out like the, yeah. the, the misery that I need. And I'm going to have to start like searching for you know, other ways to make myself miserable Mm. only to make the, the movie sweeter. And, uh, this is going to be a dangerous path. I think I, I feel like this is going to be turned into one of those, um, um, uh, who is the guy? Uh, this is going to be the dumbest joke. I'm not, I'll finish it. (laughs) This is going to be like that guy, AJ Jacobs, who wrote the year of living biblically, where he just decided to live according to the Bible for an entire year. And he, good Lord. Yeah. he, he could only rent movies that that came edit, pre-edited through like uh, a very religious thing. Yeah. So, oh my god, he watched. He rented Josie and the Pussycats re- regularly because it mm. was edited down to thirty-five minutes of acceptable material. <laughs> it, a PG just, movie uh, in the was first it just place called Josie and the Cats. I guarantee you yeah. that was yeah. But um, yeah. So, anyways, that's um. That's what I'm. I fear my life will turn into is like a horrible experiment on myself. Um, okay, but I'm not there yet. I still love the movie. It was a pleasure to watch after shoveling, and um, yeah, nice. Go okay. down. What about you, Terry? What was your experience here watching this the first time? So, uh, like I said, I was enjoying it. Uh, I knew that I had to watch it for the podcast, but I didn't take a whole lot of notes. I took like a very oh, small. Fine. I took a very small handful because, like you know, Eddie, you did let me know beforehand that this was going to be very loose, which I yeah, like the it's idea. Kind of, of a that. loose, frothy experiment. <laughs> so most of my notes are just. Uh, my first note is: How did I not recognize Jason Siegel at first? Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, There's Kyle. My second one is uh, how I actually liked the scene where Cooper's taking out like the several fake IDs that he has at the bar. Just a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. amount of it. Like that actually got a legit laugh at me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a fun one for sure. For sure. It's a very nuanced uh, so critique. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So did you watch this? Like, did you rent out a movie theater? Did we go smartphone? <laughs> what was the... I watched it on the same laptop that I am uh, using for this recording. Okay. Okay. So a real truly like digital age take on, on an analog film, yeah. I would say. It did nice. look very analog, which is what I liked about it. This movie has not been given the, like a very good remaster. Like it still no, looks, you can still no. see the grain on it. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they didn't really care about it a lot. Um, no. So my, my viewing experience this week is uh, one, one of the uh, – see, usually I get everything settled at the house. You know, <laughs> everybody's had their dinner. They've done their studies and that kind of thing, read the Bible and all that. And um, <clears throat> then after everybody's kind of tucked into bed, I'll chill out for a few, play a game or something. And I, 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 uh, I elected to use one of my nights, the, the time doing that, to just sit back in my recliner and uh, put it up on the big screen and just really absorb – uh, the movie and kind of let it wash over me this time. So, uh, uh, Matt, you'll be pleased to know I've got a fair amount of notes here, but before we get to those notes, um, I think we have to do a little segment. If you know what I'm talking about there, Matt. Uh oh, I don't No, I don't, don't listen to the show. Okay, well... Uh, so every me... week, this is a surprise. It is, isn't it? And uh, you know what I'm not doing right now? I'm not stalling for time so You're I can find... not trying to like, play a song or like... <laughs> I'm not trying to like, yeah, stall for time to find an audio cue here. Uh, especially because uh, Riverside.fm, they're not having any troubles with the soundboard again. Oh, really? They got oh. it all sorted out for once? Yeah, yeah, it's all... So I want you guys to just go right ahead and ignore the fact... Then I'm opening up a screen share of VLC Media Player. Cool. Hey, so you can hear the audio cue. While nice. you are vamping for time, and this is loading slowly, um, I will say this. In The Crow, the main villain's name is Top Dollar. Now, they don't say that in the movie, which is very confusing, but they do say it frequently in the comic book series slash graphic novel that the movie's based on. Weirdly, Top Dollar in that is one of the first killed. Huh, yeah, he is the mastermind. And I still it's still loading. No, it's not loading. I can hear it. I can't. Terry, <laughs> can you hear it? I cannot. What Why do you think hell? I just kept talking? <laughs> you think you if like the song interrupted, it. I would have kept talking? <laughs> yeah. I'm a good I mean, co-guest, sir. <laughs> good co-guest. All right. Well, anyhow, this is clearly not working. Thank you, Riverside.fm. Anyhow, the, the segment is Cliff Cliff Boom. Right? Hell yeah. And generally what happens is I play the song Click Click Boom, where I've badly dubbed myself saying Cliff Cliff Boom <laughs> over where it says Click Click Boom. That's about a minute into the song. Yeah, it's, a, it's longer the, than you expect every week. It does. It feels a little longer every week. That's a good point, Matt. So uh, what this segment is for the listeners and for you, Terry. Oh, by the way, this uh, what we do in this podcast is we watch Ed and, <laughs> and Matt. We watch, watch ourselves. Watch, watch ourselves. The movie. Watch the, you know what? Uh, I should do that do next live time. Live stream it. Just or I'm like... going to watch. No, no, no. I'm going to watch the movie, put my phone up, record myself. And then watch myself watching the movie. That's a great idea. Uh, it's like it, a meta it is. podcast. 
Yeah. And then we just no. release we just release the audio of that as, of as me, the podcast, yeah. which is basically just like hard to hear audio from the movie, and maybe occasionally you go and <laughs> Yeah, me scratching myself or whatever. <laughs> so anyway, what are we doing this? I think next week's yeah. episode should be all of us. We re-listen to the episode we're recording now and talk about that. This is, <laughs> you know what, Terry, I'm glad you brought that. It reminds me of my other, I wanted to do a movie review podcast podcast <laughs> where I review podcasts, all of them covering the same movie. So it'll be like, here's three podcasts that, that covered Nightmare and Elm Street Part 4. I listen to all of the podcasts and review the podcasts, not the movie. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds terrible. The problem uh, is so I would yeah, actually well, listen to that. Yeah, well, you know. So, Terry, what was your favorite <laughs> thing with Cliff in it? Cliff, of course, was uh, Lachlan Monroe's character, uh, the, the true wild man of the show. I think my favorite Cliff scene, uh, I'm so sorry. My favorite part with him is just him going like, hey, Lesbos, how's it hanging? <laughs> That's pretty good. Dude, that, 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 got yeah. laugh that one's solid. Like, <laughs> That's a solid one. Hey, Lesbos, how's it hanging? <laughs> and then setting uh, Allison Hannigan's hair on fire. That was pretty good. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Matt? Any scenes of Cliff that stood out to you this viewing? Um. So this has always just been one of my favorite cliff moments. Um, it may, I think it makes all the trailers because um, they're all cliff centric anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely the, uh, they hate it when you do this and he pulls out and just the reveal yes. of pulling out the gun while the cops are chasing him. It's like, and because Very good. what I realized is it, again, since they, built all the ad campaign of this movie around just cliff. And you would think that he is through this entire movie as like one, like Cooper, Josh cliff, like is really yeah. what, you know, they try to sell this movie as, but even knowing that like just the select amount of scenes that cliff is in, they really do a good job of building the crazy like it's he starts crazy and you're like okay this feels like you're already starting too hot like mm-hmm. like the stand you know standing on the 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 uh, you know the railing, the railing and all that stuff off. Yeah. yeah and it feels like it's going to be one of those like it peaks too early but no 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 it's like they they it is a I hesitate to say it's a very well built character arc <laughs> but like but if your character arc is like convinced if the goal of the character arc is to convince me that this person is too unhinged for this plan, mm-hmm. which is obviously the point, right? Like right. he's too yeah. like Cooper and Josh cannot handle him. He's not, right. he's going to take everything down with them. Not just himself is, yeah. uh, you know, and to get to that point where like you're already on, you've already like did the, I smell bacon to cops. You're, you created a high speed chase like on a dirt country road, like where mm-hmm. there's nowhere for you to go, like to up it to the level of, of course, this man has a loaded weapon. Of course, like we yeah. should have seen it coming. And, 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 and it just, the implication of the line, they hate it when you do this means he's mm-hmm. definitely done this before. This yeah. is not a first. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was like a revolver, like so he's probably yeah. playing Russian roulette. Like it was like I some old that. Luger yeah. or something. <clears throat> yeah, this is the like one of those like he barrel. got it at like an antique store, so he didn't have to technically get it through like means of which yeah. you get a background check. 
or he stole it off a cop at some point. Like it kind of looks like the kind of pistol they would have planted on the the dead fake Austrian guy when they faked uh, Hitler's suicide and moved him to Argentina. Yeah, it seems like that, like that gun. And yeah. Cliff would end up with that gun. Makes sense. Makes I don't know sense. how. You know, you know it's funny because my scene was actually very closely related, and that was honestly it's when he pulls over to the the cop. Mm-hmm. And he, like, straightens himself up really quickly, brushes himself up, and acts kind of normal. And he's like, excuse me, can you ask that officer where I-95 is? Because <laughs> for a moment, and, and both of them know this is going to be bad, but I guess we have to play along for now. Right. I guess we have to, yeah, and, and that, that scene to me, that yeah. that stood out. They uh, amplify yeah. that scene by, the, you can almost see them, like, tense, like, you know, like both Josh mm-hmm. and Cooper are just like, okay, this yeah. can't be going anywhere good, but maybe it won't go somewhere catastrophic. Like, that's what their hope is. And boy, are they wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was all of the uh, the cliff notes that ah! I had for this episode. Huh? You know, <laughs> a normal show would have named the segment Cliff's Notes. Cliff Notes. Yeah, but we wouldn't do that. Instead, no. it's Cliff, Cliff, Boom. Uh, so... Now, the the next series of notes that I took here, a uh, couple of little things that, that, that I wanted to point out. One of them is, uh, so Josh goes and he, he drops in on the psych department to ask the, the psych professor. I guess he was trying to figure out, like, either how to drive someone to suicide or how to tell whether they were truly considering suicide or not, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the psych professor shuts the door on him with his Matt Lauer switch and, uh, you know, does his thing. Where, where, of course, we get the gag of Josh walking out looking like he'd just been molested. Uh, And he's like, no, no, nobody died. No, no. You know, freaking out. (laughs) No one touched Um, me. Yeah. So the one thing that that, um, I noticed here is that Cooper then asks him, well, what did your professor say? And Josh doesn't correct him because if you if you see when when he gets his midterm results, he hasn't got no psychology classes that he's taking. Right. He's there to go for medical school. So right, he's yeah. taking organic chemistry, anatomy, biology, and I think trigonometry or calculus. Right. Those were the four classes that he needs for a plus 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 pluses in now to get his grades up. Nothing of that is psychology. So. I just wanted to point out, I think that that's a little bit of an error. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It could also just speak to the ignorance of Cooper that he has no idea what Josh is studying. Mm. That's true. He does ask him if he's studying astrology. Right. That's a good (laughs) point. You know, because that's that's the great thing about it. From a writer's perspective, the greatest thing about having a character like Cooper, who is just himself and not like and and is not meant to be seen as like participating in anything other than his own like machinations and schemes is right any error can be papered over by just being like well as long as cooper says it Mm. of course that's what he thinks right like you know he he doesn't know where the library is he doesn't know like what his own classes are. He, you know, he's probably barely paid attention to half the stuff that Josh says. So it's like, you can kind of. Speaking of uh, uh, the library, uh, um, you know, where that another is? thing that, that I noticed here, I just wanted to point out, they actually change what's on the chalkboard 
midway through the movie. So hmm. first we've got all of Cooper's plans about Mr. Z with different, you know, names yeah. of drinks and things like that on there. And then eventually uh, what you'll see is a schematic of the uh, the psych department that they broke into. You remember how you saw the uh, filing cabinets that made like a maze formation? Yes. yes. You see that on the blackboard. And and that wasn't there during their first plan. No, 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 no. Wow. It, they've they changed it. This is yeah, right before uh, ja, or Cooper throws the blackboard out the window and almost kills several people. <laughs> I love it. You know that could have almost solved their problems right then and there. Just killed someone and randomly moved them in. That's all that needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. So Terry, what what did you think of of the three roommates? And I know that, that you did put Buckley on, on, on your title here, which I appreciate. But of the three roommates that they selected, which one of them do you think you identified with the most? Huh. I guess the easy answer so you, would be the musician. One sec. Hmm. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. No problem. Because like I am a musician. I'm also a huge poser. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. it's it, you know what? Leaning into the that you're a total fraud is like a great move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you go out there and you're like ladies and gentlemen, we're here to sell out. Yeah. Thank you. And then you start playing some some music. That's yeah, yeah I, that's a good move, right? I mean, I suppose nobody would expect it's it. It's more authentic than most musicians. True. And I say that as yeah. someone who is not a musician. I would love what to make, you th- I would love to make a million dollars with my shitty songs. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. That is the yeah. goal. That's all I gotta do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, you just have to apparently um convert your sperm song into a pop song, and then, then you'll <laughs> you'll make millions. A weird like, like a- church choir <laughs> pop song too, which is yeah. like Trying to figure that one out is, is something that I makes me wonder when this movie takes place because I felt like it was supposed to be take place in the here and now of when it was filmed. But you see what hit big, and mm. I mean, well, I guess we got the swing revival in the '90s, so maybe there's weird like mm. church or choirs, maybe it's like the the guy you were talking about who had to watch the fifty first dates, but it was sanitized or whatever. Oh, for, uh, for church and the pussycats, yeah, that's yeah, true. maybe maybe dates. that's the maybe that's the version of the sperm song. Yeah. For, for Christians, the the fifty first dates for Christians is first date married. That's it. Yeah. There's, there's... <laughs> we're already married because our parents uh, sold her to to their family. Yeah, that would be the yeah. I want to hold your hand. Now we're together forever. Yeah. I want to hold your hand. uh, But then in parentheses, it says, but only if God's cool with it. And then a smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Cartman rewriting. uh, It's like Cartman rewriting a bunch of songs just to have Jesus in them. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The faith plus one. one. (laughs) It was such a great fucking episode. I love that. that. Oh my God. So good. I thought it was it went it went myrrh instead of platinum or whatever. So oh. technically lost the bet. Uh, we should just talk about South Park. Actually, I mean, honestly, I'm down for that. We could, yeah, yeah. But it'd have to be we just talk about the the South Park video game on the N64. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Fantastic game, by the way. Uh, so a couple of other notes I had here really quickly, and it's mostly dealing with their selection of books. 
uh, in in the movie. So, you know, they go to the library and they both get a bunch of books on suicide. Right. right? So Cooper, well, you know, remember he wakes up and he hears Matt watching probably America's Funniest Home Videos, something to that effect. Yeah, it's it's got like comical cartoon side effects and a laugh track, right? So it's yeah. You know, so that's why I say America's Funniest Home Videos because yeah. they would do the weird <laughs> Hanna Barbera sound effects only you know? in the Bob Saget years and yep. early Tom Bergeron years. Mm. Alfonso Rivera does not touch that stuff. Just so you know, really? I am somewhat of Alfonso's an AFV connoisseur. Mm. Honestly, I respect. What about that. America's Funniest People? Did you ever get into that? Was that the Dave Coulier one? Yes, it was. Was that the Jackalope? Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about AFV for a while. Let's <laughs> not. I want to see Anyhow, the Dave Coulier so, show. No, you don't. Oh, you've never seen that one? Oh, that's I a fun one. Anyway, so after the, 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 the smashing success, and actually it really was, of America's Funniest Home Videos, uh, the, the network decided to do a – like to make it a full hour by giving uh, – or – hour and a half i can't remember like um, yeah. and they gave dave coulier his own show but this was like basically it was youtube before youtube it was like people without their camcorders film like stage and film <laughs> pranks yeah wow. so if if afv was supposed to be unintentional comedy just everyday mishaps this was like hey uh, you people like show us your really shitty like uh purposeful yeah. pratfall or your lame puppet work or just tell oh a stupid God. joke. Yeah. I remember some of those where it was just dumb jokes people were telling or wearing a silly hat and then waving their arms around. Yeah. Like, this is pretty bad. It this was. sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. You should and definitely I, check it out. And if you got Dave so anyhow, Coulier at the head of this, yeah. he's the one steering I mean, the ship. Went, I got to check yeah, this out. Yeah, I mean, you can't spell Coulier without cool, right? So there you go. He's right. forever an icon to me. <laughs> yeah. All oh, right. I mean, come on. His Popeye. Oh wait, he's not second, the one that died. Second to Popeye. <laughs> right. So Cooper, Cooper is reading uh, the book Suicide by Emil Durkheim, right? And he Ooh. fell asleep with it on his head. So uh, now the funny thing about that is that that's actually not a book on suicide. You see, Emile Durkheim was a French philosopher in the 1870s, 1890s, who kind of was considered the, 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 one of the fathers, the founding fathers of the study of sociology. Mm-hmm. And this book, Suicide, was really more about <clears throat> the uh, suicide rates being a symptom of a collective social, like, societal breakdown, Right. And it's a it's a prescriptive book in, in, in that it says what we need to do is rather than trying to treat individual depression, we need to address uh, society by and large and and find a way that more people, uh, more individuals would feel like that they should integrate into a collective public and work towards things like more of a greater good. So then their personality is enmeshed into that greater good. Yeah. So sounds like a bunch of Cooper's reading shit to me. Yeah. He is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, 1870s France. So it's the <laughs> yeah. wokest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they really, they, you know, <laughs> historically woke France. Yeah. <laughs> Pull yourself. It kind of sounds like, um, stop to judge the book by its cover. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems like he just found a book that had the word suicide on yeah. it. Uh or we don't know what uh Cooper his major is. He could be trying to take down society as a whole. This Maybe, could be like or- the the start of something. I mean, he's quite the fucking poon hound. Maybe he's trying to study sociology to get extra uh, vagina. For <laughs> I mean, himself. I think that works. <laughs> yeah. You think so? Sure. If I looked like MPG, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna say that until it catches on, MPG. MPG. Like, I, I'm going to. Like, it doesn't matter. And if we that ever sucks, get to talk but... to him, I'm going to be like, what's up, MPG? And he's going to be like, I, I, why did my agent... Make me do this. I did reach out to uh, Lachlan Monroe yes. on Twitter, Hell and yeah. I found he's on Cameo for $50. Okay, nice. well, yeah. how long is an average Cameo? <laughs> I think like a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Get him so can, to do a Cameo can we squeeze and, put it, in... and put it in the show. Make him the new intro. Right. That's the idea, yeah. 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 You know what? Here's what, here's what I believe. I think mm. if we did the cameo and we had him plug the show, that would make him aware that the show exists. And he seems like such a cool guy that he's going to be like, guys, I totally want to hang out and talk to you more like for free. And like, mm. you know, well, let's be best buds. I also yep. um, strippers yep. are my best friends. <laughs> Just so yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you tip them really well or girls at Hooters. It's again. really funny. Like that yeah. you're right. How much they like me seems to be uh, inspired by how much I initially pay them. It's Godwin's law, right? Yeah. More money equals better than. <laughs> so, but that said, I do think yeah. raising the awareness of the show by getting him to do a cameo mm-hmm. couldn't hurt. Yeah. So the problem with that is he'll do personal cameos for $50, right? So if if I wanted him to be like, hey, Matt, you're going to get over your erectile dysfunction any day now, man. Just, you know, keep at it. Okay. He'd do that for $50. Eddie, yeah. You had a birthday less than a month ago, right? I did. Well, I have well a, bir- a little more than a month okay. ago. Okay. I have mm-hmm. a birthday in less than two weeks. Could he do like a duo, dual like happy birthday, Ed and Matt, and then we could go on campus? That's a good idea. Like you, oh, you just put idea. yourself in his cameo, and then we put it in the show. He will definitely think that's hilarious and want to hang out with us and be mm-hmm. on episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is you Ter- see where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, Terry, yes. if you could hang out with Lachlan, what would you? What would you guys' hangout session be like? <sighs> I don't know. Probably shooting at cops. I do that by myself shooting anyway. Cops? Shooting at cops. Oh, shooting at shooting cops. cops. I was going to say shooting the cups. Well, we could, cops, we could do cops too. You play quarters. Shooting Just cups. He seems like yeah, a guy. Playing, yeah. playing some quarters like that Leisure Suit Larry game <laughs> and and uh, shooting at cops. Okay, Lachlan Rowe like stars as Leisure Suit Larry in the big screen adaptation we've all been waiting for. Oh. I think he could do it. He plays Larry Lovage. Yeah, I think so. Uh, dream casting. I'm just throwing this out there. I'd probably, me, I'd be like, he expects me to talk to him about Dead Man on Campus. So I'm going to be like, Freddie versus Jason, what was that like? You, you were a cop in that. It's going to buck the state. Yeah, yeah. Everybody talks to him about Dead Man on right. Campus. Right. That's the thing. That's what he's most known for. Yep. Yeah. That, that makes sense. 
Uh, then the other note, I have my last one here, and then we'll go over to to uh, any notes you might have, Matt. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that is that Cooper saves uh, uh, Pickle and Josh from suicide in the same night. Because you got to remember this. Pickle... Save him. Though. Okay. Okay. Correct. Right. Technically, Josh yeah. does, but to the observer. To the passerby, right? Both Josh and Cooper saved Pickle that night. That's true. Yeah, because, I mean, Cooper did observe it first or, or like, make the connection. Which, if the resolution of the movie being the fact that Cooper talked Josh out of suicide and the fact that Josh was suicidal is the reason that they both get to stay in Daleman, well, Cooper's already tangentially or by association saved one guy from suicide that night. Right. You think he told his dad, Hey dad, I saved two people from suicide in one night. So can I stay in college? Well, that's going to all depend on how much Flushels cares about people outside of himself. Mm. Cause that may not be that big of a deal to him. He may be like, you know, I was in Nam. I saw so many people die that, like, what's saving these two punk kids that are associating with you? Yeah. Which means that, like, they're probably not that great to begin with. Fair. Or he could Fair. be a great guy and be like, that's amazing, son. I don't know. Well, because he does let him go back to college for saving Josh. That's right? true. Yeah, that is true. Okay. Which he barely yeah. knows Josh. All right. Yeah. All right. Terry, what did you think? What did you think? Thanks. Terry, what did you think about the message of the movie or the resolution being faking a suicide attempt? Thought it was pretty great. Really had me on my toes. Did you did you mm. think Josh meant it? Did you think like, oh my God, he's broken. He's gonna jump from this bridge. Mm. No, nah, like I was definitely just like, okay, this this is going somewhere. It's like, okay. Okay. All right. You knew it was a scheme. You knew there was something happening. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily that it was like a, the big scheme that was the big resolution to the movie, but I was just like, I don't know. This this doesn't make sense that he's just suddenly suicidal now. Yeah. I'm on. To, I'm That's on true. to him. I'm hip to his game. Yeah. I mean, I get chucking the stethoscope off the bridge because it was just on Cooper's penis. <laughs> yeah. And who you knows know? what's on that now? That's how we got COVID, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that well, because water Cooper, supply, you know, fish got it. Cooper hooks up with at least three chicks that we see during this movie. We got Pammy. No, you got Pammy. You've got the Asian chick at the beginning. That was with Pammy. No name. That was Pammy? Yeah, because he goes, oh, yeah, Pammy. Oh, right. No, okay, so then who was the yeah. second girl Kelly? that he hooked up with? No, because he hooked up with another chick. Uh, the that's okay. He likes to watch chick. No, that's that's, right. that's still Pammy. Was that's it? the same chick? Yeah, I think so. Huh? All right, maybe mm, it's not. Okay. No, you're right. It's not. So yes, there is another one because that scene comes later when he gives him the water, which was yeah, after Pammy because water. he's the one who says. That's when he goes. Oh yeah, Pammy. I thought I had dreamt her. Yeah. So, yeah, he could have uh, uh, invented COVID on his penis. Yeah, I, I think so. It's a good point. That was the way Cooper yeah. banged us all, you know, like. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Terry, uh, just to put you on the spot here, uh, now oh, that you know you're with two experts of the movie, did did you find did you have any questions about the movie that you think either of us might be able to answer from your viewing, maybe? Or uh, another possible prompt for content is if you've listened to our show, you know we've floated a few theories about you know potential kind of subtexts of the movie. The Josh Cooper being the same persona, a la Fight Club theory. Yeah. The uh, the Lucky Peach is actually kind of like, uh, think of like a Dark Souls hub world place where immortals exist that lure people into committing suicide so they can eat the peaches from the tree of the Chinese goddess that keeps them immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, so two questions, either one, feel free to hop onto it. One do, do, did you find any of those theories resonating to you in this viewing of the movie? Or two, did you have any questions about the movie that, that maybe you feel like we could address? I'll be totally honest. Uh, since it was my first viewing, I wasn't really thinking in terms of the, uh, you know, the subtext. Like, I'm one of those people. It's like, I need to watch a movie like a few more times before I okay. can really start to okay. really formulate those types of opinions. It just kind of takes me a while. And as for questions yeah, about the movie... there's a lot of this to take in. So. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't really have any questions I mean, about layers. the movie either. It all seems okay, so, pretty self-explanatory okay. to me. I did have one... I did have, like, some... Actually, you know what? This is, like, actually the last thing in my notes. It, it, it gets a little bit involved. It's something that I did think a lot about after watching this movie. Okay. It might be a little bit tough to follow along, but uh, just bear with me. Uh, the one thing I have in my notes... Linda Cardellini is so fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. 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 When you biggest, see her with the, with the bra. That was my that biggest scene. takeaway from the movie. That, that, well, that is a good takeaway from this movie. You're going to be really happy then to go on Reddit and look up Dead Man on Campus. <laughs> because there are so many people that love Linda Cardellini. And so many screen captures of her in that bra. Let me tell you. <laughs> That does not surprise you, me at all. You'd think that they <laughs> captured enough, but apparently yeah, yeah. you think no. you see it well, once and you're good. <laughs> yeah. I guess that'd be like watching all the porn, you know, <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I already saw the porn. I'm done. <laughs> you you kind of get the idea, you know, it'd be a weird flex. Uh, no, if you're <laughs> just like, what? am I going to see something new? I mean, I've already uh, seen people fucking. Yeah, come on. <laughs> look, look, there there are many ways that that can go. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. weirdly skeptical about this. I don't, maybe you haven't seen porn, actually. No, I'm just, I mean, as far as sex goes, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can, you can go. I'm as using far as, like, that the term in the middle, like, to encompass anything that would be in pornography. Okay, so you're talking about, like, plot, you're talking about, no. like... So I'm not talking that. No? You know, with, with mm-hmm. porn, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey, you know? Yes. See? Yeah. See, he gets Fair. it. Fair. I think Aerosmith yeah. said that. <laughs> that life's a journey, not a destination. <laughs> That's, what the and, fuck song was that? And they that, were writing about porn. Yeah. I mean, oh, the, that song, it uh, was called, Amazing. Yeah, it was, the album was called Get a Grip. What do you think they were talking about getting a grip on? <laughs> I believe it was a cow's pierced udder, right? They had now called... the subtext, Eddie. They had Get mm, a Grip. Now there's subtext. They had Get a Grip. They had Pump. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, they've been letting us mm-hmm. know the whole time. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Nine Lives is all about fucking cat girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So that's that's my notes that I had on Dead Man on Campus for for this week. Matt, buddy, did you have anything else you wanted so, to bring uh, up? Because I knew that we had a Coco guest. Um, okay, I decided that I I just wanted to just ask him a couple questions, and I already asked one about just the nostalgia. If if there was any mm, like carryover nostalgia for the, of yeah, the, MTV the logo, thing. yeah. But yeah, I do love me a good production okay. logo. Mm. You know, I just remember when we had Mike on, like, you know, it's like he knew that immediately, like, just like that yeah. thing. And it's like, I, and I'm like, yeah. man, there's such a small window of time that MTV films, like, was supposed to be a big thing, like the way that, like, they do. So, but, okay. So something Eddie and I talked about pretty early on in this, and I, I'm still convinced of this, um, is do you think this movie could be made today? Like, because it's, and I'll caveat that by saying this is not the most like offensive, you know, this, this isn't doing the like gross out stuff, but just based on like yeah. the pure, like the premise of the movie. I'll, you know, I think that if this movie got made today, there would be, there would be discourse about it. Yeah, there would there would be counter discourse about it, and then the movie would come out, and then people would just be like, "eh," and then it would just kind of be forgotten. Yeah, that's what I yeah. think. I'm, I think yeah, you're right because really the only problematic thing I could think of is the making jokes about suicide right. and mental uh-huh. illness, right? I yeah, mean, but and but that tends to be kind of a uh, a big touchy spot, mm-hmm. a big you know sticking point for a lot of people that that there's this like. I feel like this is one of those things where like maybe a script could get sold with this as like the premise, but like would get rewritten to the point that like it barely re- resembles itself. They would find, yeah. you know, it kind of mm. loses all again. Time. You got to think just keeping in mind, and this is something I know I've said before, but I think this movie only, even though Columbine had nothing to do with like this content, Move like movies aimed at like teens and like you know college age kids change dramatically after that. Like, and you can look no further than the R-rated Killing Mrs. Tingle. The first directorial effort from like the superstar writer behind Scream gets PG thirteen into teaching Mrs. Tingle, and I'm like, okay, if that yeah. <laughs> you know had to do that, like this, Jeez. I just don't see it. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So my other. Uh, question was about uh, the aforementioned MPG, otherwise known as Mark Paul Gosler. So again, Eddie and I, um, and even people a few years older than us, a few years younger than us, had him like wh- whether we watched it or not. Saved by the Bell was just you couldn't avoid it. Like it was, yeah. you know. Um, so I don't think you had that, but like, what do you think about like? him as like one just the character cooper but two like do you have like any carryover feeling of like that like oh the zach morris like that like you know ah, shockingly no, I, I shockingly actually do i remember when i was in like junior high school um when i'd be like eating my breakfast in the morning and my mom was like you know watching the local news but then she would flip to like one of those channels that just always reruns older sitcoms 
And I do remember yeah. she would always yeah. flip. Like, yeah. yeah. And I remember like our big thing was she would flip to this channel that would play old Saved by the Bell reruns. And my mom okay. would just be like, oh, I remember when this show was on when like, you know, your brothers were really little and it was just the cheesiest thing ever. So me, her and Shane would watch it in the morning just to like laugh at it. It's like, oh, look at this cheesy 90s yeah. show. So I do have that big association with MPG just being Zach Morris, yes. which which is kind of what I liked about mm. watching this movie playing this character right. and he plays the character pretty well i was not really yeah. expecting much of the acting in this movie but i thought i thought mpg actually put in a pretty solid performance yeah yeah i so because this is something and i realized that like i find myself like saying that a lot like that i think that like him and tom everett scott like as a comedic duo, like worked really well together i mean granted they didn't yeah. have to, it's not yeah. like this was calling for a lot but like there was a good rapport there that like, I, I, if, if for nothing else, like I, I would have wanted this movie to be successful because maybe like that could have like led to, you know, more of them in these kinds of movies. Now, granted both went on to do it. I mean, like I probably arguably, I I'm sure like, uh, uh, Mark Paul Gosler is probably happy this didn't do all that well because that led him to, I think, winning like an Emmy for NYPD Blue, weirdly enough. Like he ended mm-hmm. up on that. And like he ended up, on, you know, a, a, probably a career that had like got him more yeah. critical acclaim than anything else. Oh, yeah. Else. He ended up in uh, 12 Dates of Christmas, remember? I, how can I do? I can't forget. Like I try and I can't forget. Mm-hmm. The movie's gonna haunt me. Like I, I'm serious. Um, Terry, you should watch that if you like MPG and you like Lifetime movies, buddy. That was fantastic. Yeah. Twelve dates um, of Christmas. Twelve dates. Twelve dates of Christmas. Of Christmas. Okay. That was our Christmas special. 2011. So when you listen to it's that, fantastic. It's uh, so picture like Groundhog Day or a Happy Death Day, but it's a woman who has no tragedy in her life. Trying to get uh, married in one day. Yeah. Amazing. It's, it is. Um, <laughs> a la ABC family, like television movie. I, it's I, so... I just saw that. My God. <laughs> 2011. Okay. It's so pure. It's not as old as I, I thought contend, it was. Oh, great. I contend that like that might be the best episode of Ed and Matt on campus. The show about Dead Man on campus is actually when we talked about the 12 dates of Christmas. <laughs> I got That's a pretty good one. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a bit's a pretty good one and then the, so, oh i've got the last then this is technically yeah, my notes i they they're in my head but i, I, I mm. these, these are the things that i prepared ahead of time is okay what do you think cooper mpg would be studying like we know he doesn't go to class mm. we know he's probably like but at some point he's got to choose something could you, could, I mean, what would you think it would be? And hmm. I, I don't have an answer. And that's why I'm asking you, like, <laughs> you know, I kind of was thinking, uh, as I was watching the movie, I was guessing that, okay, so they established that like Cooper isn't going to his classes and they don't even really say what his major is. Maybe he's undeclared. I thought that it would be a plot point in the movie where that's to, you know, get a better understanding of suicide and like the psychological, you know, stuff behind that, that he would choose psychology as his major. I was sort of kind of right. thinking that like very briefly, but then the movie just kept yeah. going. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, there's not going to be any of that at all. 
Nah. Yeah. That's really all no, I can just say. Kind of in the end, Josh does. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, Cooper remains basically unchanged as far as we can tell. Uh-huh. Um, See, I have him pegged as being like he he wants to be like a business major, but then like he wants to minor in botany or something so he can be <laughs> just grow weed and sell weed. Or that's yeah. Or become a park architect. Oh, he becomes a park architect, and that leads to 12 dates of Christmas. Right. Um, and yeah. actually, I was wrong. I did one more question. So, Buck, since you've got okay. the name Buckley here, mm. and we're talking about, you know, filmed in 97, uh, released in 98. What video game do you think Buckley would be obsessed over? Because, like, I feel like oh, he's got to be like a PC gamer of some sort. And Eddie, this could go to you too. Cause I was mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. last week when we talked about a lot of different, um, <laughs> your weird ass, um, whatever that game was that you tried, that you showed me, um, <laughs> that Sega game, whatever, what was, I don't know, to... night bubbles or something, or I don't know. Oh, nights into dreams. Yeah. That yeah, weird thing. That's a fantastic. It game. got me thinking. Yeah. I started thinking along the lines of like, okay, well, what, we see them play a video game here, or we see that they've got a video game. But like, well, he's playing on a Sega Saturn specifically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because that's the system that Nights into Dreams was right. on. But yeah. I imagine, and because you named yourself Buckley in this, that like that was, I, I figured I was going to ask you a video game related question. And I feel like <laughs> Buckley gives a lot of opportunities for probably an interesting answer. Is there. So. I've got two off the dome if you want a moment to think about it, Terry. And I'm going to go, because I'm going with 97, I'm going to go either Ultima Online. I could see him being a big Ultima Online guy. Or I could see him being big into Fallout. Would that start by then? Yeah, the original Fallout. Not the 3D first-person shooter-y game, but the original top-down isometric strategy game. That is true, yeah. If I were to if I were to choose that like the movie actually takes place in ninety eight, then as far as like PC gaming goes, that's the fucking year of Half Life. Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. like that would just like completely oh, yeah. I feel like that would like totally just consume him. Yeah, I could definitely kind of an easy see answer, that. but that's really all I got. No, but that I mean that makes perfect sense because like like and and that seems like the very online, like you know, he's 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 an early adopter to being very online. So I yes. know what you were saying about like any kind of early like, yeah. you know, online game. Ooh, maybe a StarCraft was that? That was around ninety eight, right? Uh, Did he get into space stuff? StarCraft kind of. I could see Let's that because I was also check. trying to think of like if there's any kind of like weird conspiracy adjacent <clears throat> game. Like I know you know. There probably was. I mean, what's that like Nightshade or something on Nintendo where it was like all weird, basically like Stargate conspiracy stuff in form of mm-hmm. like a side scroller. Like, mm. you know, I could see that kind of thing. Or but, he's making Daleman uh, campus in Doom. That. Okay. <laughs> you know? I was trying to work thing. in. I was trying to work in a Doom related answer, but I was trying. I was thinking more specifically mm. 97, 98. But yes, StarCraft did first come out March 31st, 1998. Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, I can see being into that. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, Eddie, some kind of like retro, like fitted, modded version of Doom where they're all reptilians or Bill Gates. Like yes. that's that, you know, he yes. swaps out, you know, that, that, yeah. 
So, okay. That- He's definitely replaced the Windows 95 loading splash screen oh. with Bill Gates with like a big pentagram behind him, you yes. know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like devil horns and shit. He's definitely that guy. That would be amazing. Yeah. What Whatever Buckley's like computer looked like, um, that, see, viral marketing, that would have been great. You go to like a, a like, uh, kick him in the dick.com or something. And it's just like, you yes. get to like go through like Buckley's like 1998 computer. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That'd be a great, you know what? Someone I should spin that. up. Yeah. I should spin up like a VM, like a virtual machine that's windows 95 and make like a virtual Buckley's computer experience yeah. and then stream it. Yeah. And then nobody will watch it and I'll feel <laughs> bad about my life. Then I can go, um, probably drink a lot and get uh depressed i mean that sounds like a rip roaring success to me sounds like a good time buddy yeah. let me tell yeah. you <laughs> uh so terry did do you think you learned any fun lessons from uh dead man on campus here or uh any final thoughts you want to leave us with did i learn any lessons hmm It's that you know, kind of answer that I love. Yeah. You know, I got to say, I really kind of identified with uh, Kyle being, uh, you know, the whole raised Catholic thing. And I really love him uh, just mm. jacking it in the confession booth. Oh, <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> that move. is a pretty solid. Just like. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, you know, if I ever go to confession ever again, that's what I'm going to do. It's like, all right, just father, start beating off. father, I'm not going to confess to you with words what I've been doing. I'm just going to show you. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'll show you how it's done. They He's going to be like, wait a minute. Show, not tell. Yes, that's true. He's going to be like, wait a minute. You're not a minor. And then he's going to kick you out. <laughs> I can't fuck that. <laughs> oh, I got to ask you real quick. Do you think that the uh, lunch lady was trying to kill Buckley when she kept insisting on trying to take his tray for no apparent reason? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He had, he that had the was right the one, idea. Yeah. That yeah, was the one that was like, she's really after him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one, he had me convinced. Yeah. That's for sure. So, Terry, my friend, thank you so much for joining us today on Ed and Matt on Campus. Is there anything you want people to pay attention to on the Internet by any chance? You know, I am still working on music. I'm not sure how long it's going to take before I can get anything new out. But as far Mm. as podcasts go, you know, it's been a little while since I was last on the grind bin. Uh, I was recently on the Bloody Bits for Super Mario Brothers. Not that long ago. That's true. That was a fun episode. And, yeah, I'm always making... it wasn't that long ago, and it is worth going back and listening to if you if people haven't listened to it. Uh, on the grind bin, Death Machines. Death the I was trying to that like <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I know. I forgot the title, I think, once when I was trying to plug it. I was like, it's some kind of I don't know, a building eats people on the poster, but that's not what the movie's actually no. about. Um it was yeah, Terry, uh Yobo, Mike, and myself, and I think we it could was... still be recording. If if, if time was not a a factor, there is so much in that movie to talk about that. I think we I think even when I tweeted the episode out, I was just like, this has to be like the most fun I've had on a grind bin in recent. 100 percent. No offense to Bobby, because he wasn't on that episode. It was not because of his absence, but and he (laughs) might have been a little upset that he wasn't because he seemed to like tweet in response (laughs) to us doing that one. Like, yeah. But, yes, but it was so much was, fun, and it was a great movie. Oh. So, yeah, check that one yeah. out. Okay. 
So uh, what about you, Matt? Uh, same thing. Uh, that episode of The Grind Bin, uh, Death Machines. Uh, as I said earlier, The Mighty Peculiar is back. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, the day we're recording this, the second episode of the new season of The Mighty Peculiar comes out, in which uh, Denver, uh, my co-host Denver Riggleman, reads the uh, uh, texts of Utah Senator, not at all rat in human skin, uh, Mike <laughs> Lee, um, his texts about uh, January 6th. Then I educate Denver about uh, the hat man and how all the cool <laughs> TikTokers are trying to overdose on Benadryl in order to go fight the hat man. Uh, um, yeah. And whoa, then, whoa. So yeah, yeah it's, they're uh, trying to give themselves night terrors. Yep. Taking a, basically a lethal dose, uh, a lethal amount of Benadryl to go fight a fictional thing. Um, and then, the last segment of it is uh, um, the, a game show, a segment where I um, I like to call, I'm calling it temporarily No Scammies, No Scammies, No Scammies. And it's me quizzing uh, Denver and Doug on uh, interesting frauds or scams that have been pulled on people to see um, if they can identify the actual scam. And uh, whew, mm. uh, I'm, maybe I'm too good at writing multiple choice questions, but I'll just spoil it here because the episode comes out later. <laughs> of the six questions I asked, uh, zero were answered correctly. Um, <laughs> wow. And here, how about this? Just for yeah, the give sake us of it, one. Yeah, give yeah. us a taste. So let's see here. Um, man. All right. Okay. Wichita Falls, Texas is not so proud that it is the home of A, the world's littlest skyscraper, B, the world's biggest unwound ball of yarn, or C, the world's widest alleyway. Littlest skyscraper. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. It's 40 <laughs> feet tall. It's just a normal building, but the guy took enough money uh, to build it uh, for the That's skyscraper. Awesome. All this was hinged <laughs> upon is in his original plans, proposed plans, mm -hmm. He he put it in inches instead of feet, and everyone looked <laughs> over it. So it was technically not illegal, although he still did disappear. Um, that fucking rule. Yeah. Um, okay, just for the sake of it, just because this one is great, too. Mm -hmm. With completely fraudulent credential, medical credentials, Cecil Hammond, which is also a fake name, um, A, mm. secured a position as a top health official in Boston during the 1918 Great Influenza epidemic. B, did a complete physical on Vice President Spiro Agnew, or C, successfully amputated a leg during the Korean War while serving in the Canadian Navy? Ooh, that's a good one. Terry, are you, this one might have me. Uh, yeah, I'm stumped. No, I'm going to go with B. No, it's C. He successfully no. amputated a leg by using a textbook. <laughs> Zero medical. Um, <laughs> absolutely, he's an American who got who faked his way into the Canadian Navy and got into the position to successfully amputate a leg following a textbook, um, and only caught because Cecil Hammond was actually the name of a real doctor that he was impersonating. And when the picture of him made the newspapers for this miraculous surgery. Uh, the mom of the real Cecil Hammond went, that's not my son. 
So it was like in my cousin Vinny, how he pretended that he was another lawyer and it was just like a super famous popular. Lawyer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> did that, but with a doctor, that's a fucking great. So move. anyways, that's on the mighty peculiar. Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, sounds like a lot of fun, man. Yeah, yeah. It's good times. Eddie, how about you? So, yeah. And yeah, yeah. So, uh, Bloody Bits Horror Show. If you want to tune into that, we just covered The Crow. We had Daniel from Mustachioed Podcastio to do that one. Before that, we did Serial Mom. And coming up, uh, hopefully next week, if scheduling allows, we're going to be covering Mahakal the Monster, which is a uh, Indian Hindi language knockoff of Nightmare on Elm Street. Any guesses who the guest will be? Uh, Yeah, it's Bobby, Bobby, Bobby yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, you couldn't, uh, you, you could, could not like. It's got to be, yeah. I mean, because I told him, "Hey, we're covering 1994. You have any movies?" And he says, "Oh yeah, absolutely." This, of course, of course, it was <laughs> of his course, idea. yeah. Of course, it was his idea. So you can check that out at bloodybits.com. So uh, Terry, thank you so much thank for you, joining Terry. me and my uh, occasional guest here, Matt. Thank yep. you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. You know what? Go watch it another ten or fifteen times, and we'll have you back. Oh, I yeah. will. I will have much more. <laughs> I will have much more involved opinions and theories next time. Okay. Well, we're definitely <laughs> we're, looking we're forward to, to it because we we're going to run out of things to say. So we're going to really need to start relying on some so. people. Just go back yeah, to the rotation of the guests you've already had. <laughs> yeah. No, I got to get Lachlan. Yeah. I think you're right. I think yeah. Cameo is where it's yeah. at, Matt. But you know what? Until then, Matt, and until then, Terry, I'll see each other around. Yep. See each other around. <laughs> Bye.